I want to speak on the message that I've entitled Babylonian System. The Babylonian System. So I want to uncover some of the things that we can through this system of Babylon so that we understand and we check if we are not uh, operating or subjected under this system. Uh, the Babylonian system is a system that is called the plan of continuity. It's not a system that is like an event, but it's a system that has got the plan of continuity. So when you are dealing with Babylon, usually we must we usually stand and zero around the book of Daniel, but if you read the Bible, you understand that Babylon was mentioned more than 359 times in the Bible, and it started from the book of Genesis. If you check where Babylon was situated in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, the place was called China. And if you read the Bible, you understand from the time of uh, Cain, where they went to establish their kingdoms, the place was called China. So there is always a significant and a connection between a place and the spirit. That's why whenever we pray, we always gain the space from the villages where we are coming from. So it's a system that is the plan of continuity. And the devil is so much obsessed by building kingdoms wherever it is and placing systems that affects people. So I'm going to be talking to the Board of Francis if I'm lecturing. And if I feel like uh, the syllabus is a little bit uh, difficult to comprehend, I will lower it a bit. But my prayer is that let the Holy Spirit help us to grasp and understand this system, Babylonian system. Come on, somebody shout, the Babylonian system. The Babylonian system. The Babylonian system. We have a lot of systems that we can talk about. The Egyptian system, the Syria system, that came, you know, when they deal with the Egyptian system, that was the time of all the pharaohs that came. Renesis the first, Renesis the second, third. That was a system on its own. When we deal with, with Syria, it was a system that had its own kings that ruled in particular time the likes of Rapshits, the likes of Shomanisa, uh, the likes of the Gatapises. They came through that system as well. Israel, it was a system again, but a system of God. That's why when God is giving them the law, he's not giving them the law so that he subjects them, but he's giving them the law to protect them. So the law that was given to Israel was not as bad as we make it to be in our civilization, but it was to protect them, so it was a system. Then we look at Babylon as a system as well. So all the kings that came, they came as a result of systems. So we want to uh, uncover and look at the man called Nebuchadnezzar, as well as the Babylon system, the type of the system that we're dealing with. Because it's significant in our time, it was significant then, and it's significant as well in our time. And when we're dealing with Antichrist, you understand that some of the features that we see being exhibited by the Antichrist, these are the features that Babylon exhibited. And when I deal with the Nebuchadnezzar game, you will find out that he was not just an ordinary man. He's a man that if God gives him the grace to look at him without 
any phenotypes or prejudices. There are things that you can learn from Nebuchadnezzar, and if you employ them in your life in a positive way, you become a general and a great person. So usually, we usually are stereotyped and look at the demonic part. And it's this sinister things and indulgence that indeed it is time. That's why we hate him. But there are a lot of things that you can learn from such things. It's not every situation that you are going to face in this season that uh, is going to just leave scars in your life. But there are things that you learn from those situations. If uh, God is going to bring friends that are going to betray you, it's not only the betrayal that I'm going to clean it to you, that will leave scars, but I have to learn as well on how to invest my love on people and how to trust men. Because when the Bible says that some men, they trust in horses and some they trust in chariots, you know, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. You can never understand uh, the full value uh, of that scripture if you've never been betrayed by men. If men are always on your side, but they are rejected, rejected, ejected from a workplace, that's when the scripture now becomes valuable. Because every scripture it must be force to become flesh or to become made or to consume so that you touch it. So if you've never faced a situation, there are scriptures that will always remain scriptures, that will always remain prophecies and prophecies. Unless that thing transpires in your mind, that's when the scripture becomes flesh to you and it becomes material and it becomes tangible in your life. So what I'm gonna do uh, this morning is to bring this man and his system. Let's uh, look at uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 1, subsection 1. I'm going to look at this uh, from uh, chapter 1 to, to, to maybe this one to, to this 6 on Daniel 1. Then we are going to end wherever we are going to end. The Bible reads Daniel 1, verse 1 to this six. Are we there? Last week I said, Amen is not demonic. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. It motivates the person that is preaching. You know, myself, I put my uh, me that even if the person that is preaching is too lame, I always say, Amen. Amen. That is why I'm doing that. I'm trying to support, I'm trying to give you confidence. Just imagine some of us, whenever we are here, the way we mess up the pulpit. If I was judgmental, I was going to look at you with an eye, talking eye. But usually, even if we are making declarations, amen, amen. I know that when you hear that amen, even sometimes when I help uh, to pray with the mic, I'm trying to give confidence so that you, you, know, you may not feel alone. Glory to Jesus. So it, it helps whatever is preaching. We have a lot of people that have uh, came from this pulpit who are mighty preaching, praying, but it took support. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. I know that because many of backgrounds, you may not all with some of uh, the things of the doctrine that I'll be missing on the convictions, but just say amen. 
Because there's one or two people that are going to be helped third in Jesus. Amen. You know, the gospel of God is the gospel of radicals. You know, I, I was so much challenged when I was in Oliveville from Friday to Saturday, last week at one. Uh, we arrived in the church, there were, were only two people. Then there was a lady that was standing by the door, and the church is near the main road. They were pulling people in the church, not evangelizing people, pulling people. So when I preached, most of the people that were there, they, they pulled some coming from work, some were going to the market, and the minister said, I'm very sorry I pulled you, but that's how I'm going to grow the body of Christ. And I said, ah, this is practically easy. And if we can do that in the body of Christ, now the body of Christ, it means people that are aggressive. Since then, there is a child about this, they have a certain affliction, but those that are going to get hold of it, there must be violence. Prayer, you must be violent. If you need your money, the devil is not going to give you your money in a certain plight. You need to be violent. If you are going to be healed, the devil is not going to just allow you to get to heal you. Just be violent, man. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I always think that the temple of greatness is already full. But you need to be violent for you to get your seat on that level of greatness. And some of the men that we are uh, living God for marriage for women, they are already occupied. The devil has already taken them captive. So they are not just going to come and pass by us. We need to put them by force and by fire. Being right cow in the body of Christ, glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, the body of Christ is for soldiers. That's why God could choose people like the one that we are going to deal with. And he could give them orders to, to advance his programs. Yet there were people like Ezekiel, people like Joachim, people like Zedekiah that were there. But he would take Cyrus and he said, Cyrus, my anointed one, because the church is sleeping. I was found this afternoon that I want to be part and parcel of those that are sleeping in my time. Yes. The Bible reads, in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Joachim, the king of Judah, into his hand. I'm getting what Daniel was talking about. He said, the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, Judah, what is Judah? Judah, this is a covenant people. People that have a covenant with God. People that have a prophecy, that have a promise that the beloved of God is going to come through you, Judah. And the Bible is saying that uh, then God gave Judah into the hands, and Joachim into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. Look at this, along with a part of the vessels of the house of God, and he carried them into the land of Shina, which is Babylon, to the house of his God with a small g, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Three, and the Babylonian king taught Ashpenaz, the master of his units, to bring in some of the children of Israel, both of the royal family, and of the nobility. Come on, somebody shout royal family. Shout nobility. Look at uh, the description of the people that Nebuchadnezzar was requesting from Ashpenaz, the captain of the eunuchs. For the youths without blemish, 
well-favored in appearance and skillful in all wisdom, discernment and understanding, apt in, in learning knowledge, competent to stand and serve in the king's place, palace, and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Five, and the king assigned for them a daily portion of his own rich and dainty food and of the wine which he drank. They were to be so educated and so nourished for three years that at the end of that time they might stand before the king. So Daniel is painting a picture that for him to stand before Nebuchadnezzar, you were supposed to be nourished for at least three years before you stand before Nebuchadnezzar. If you read about Artaxerxes in the time of Esther, the Bible says the girls were taken, they were nourished, they were anointed. After a month or so, they were presented before the king and the king loved them. But here, he's saying after three years, that's when you are presented before the king. So if you were a nonentity and a charlatan, you were not allowed to stand before this man that we are talking about. And six, the last one, among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So according to the Babylon system, come on, Sabashal system, according to the Babylonian system of computing the years of a king's reign, the third year of Joachim would have been 605 BC, that is before Christ. Since uh, when they could read and compute the years, their full year of kingship, it could begin usually on a New Year's day after the king is ascended in throne. So you find out that when you are dealing with these uh, events that transpired in the book of Daniel, if you are looking at the system of Babylon, they are saying Joachim was captured in the third year of his reign. But according to the Judaic system, the system of the people of Judah, which counted the year of ascension as the first year of reign. So which means in the Babylonian system, if Joachim was taken to become a king in December. They don't count December, they count the coming year. So which means the other year is the year of promotion. Am I talking about in this place? But when we're dealing with the Judaic system, which counted the year of ascension as the first year of reign, so to them, Joachim, when he was taken, according to Jeremiah 25, they say he was taken in the fourth year. So that brings a lot of discussion there. That's why we got this system. So when you read your Bible, I told you that Babylon was mentioned about 369 times. You read in the book of Genesis, you find Babylon in the book of Kings, in the book of Chronicles, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Ezra, you find Babylon. So when they are looking at this picture, they are saying our kings, our king Joachim was captured in his fourth year of reign. But Nebuchadnezzar in his calendar is saying, I captured him on his third year. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So when you're dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, let's try to, to, to embellish this thought and address this man 
was, if we are here going to talk about it, we can say he was an icon. Nebuchadnezzar, he was such a man of stature, he was an iconic man, he was a doyen, especially in how he administrated his life. And what is a system? Can I bring it to you? A system is a collection of organized things, structures, buildings, institutions. It's a whole composition of relationships among its members in an organization. So, which means if we have got a relationship in Action Chapel and we are composed together, we become a system, as well as anything that has to do with Action Chapel, being its churches, institutions, colleges, you know, schools, they become a system. So a system is not only limited to structures, institutions, but it's a composed relationship of people. You become a system. A family is a system. A friendship becomes a system. So when you're dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, he was a great monarch of stature. He's quite a character, Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, somebody shout Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. And when you are dealing with him, you must consider him so seriously. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar is one of the men that pioneered the concept of globalization. You will see it as we move. He managed to bring that concept of globalization before even the engineers of our days the architectural engineers of Facebook, social media came into the place. And when these people are structuring, you know, all these things, especially people that wanted to bring the world to become a global village, they wanted to bring globalization, but there were a lot of structures that had to be put in place, a lot of systems physically that had to be put in place for them to achieve the concept of globalization, especially in our civilization. So for us to communicate, you are in Dubai, I communicate with you in real time. There were structures that had to be put in place. For me to communicate with you, even if you are in case there were structures that had to be put in place for us to connect WhatsApp members. We had to communicate with that. They were trying to bridge the gap between space and time, between humanity. So engineers had to go to school to do that, but it took them some years, even actively to, 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 to today, they are still developing structures and systems that can bring people closer to each other so that if one man speaks, people can learn and people can listen to what they say. But when 